dig this. First 125, Moro here from Grundle. Kingsley turns that five sideways. Brian, the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallon Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Meta, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. Fly Racing, Bills Pipes, W Wheels, Motul MX, X-Brand Goggles, Moto Ice Wrap, and Moto Stuff make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Arma Energy Drink Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Meta Motul MX Maxima Racing Oils, Maxima Racing Oils, Fly Racing, Spoke Skins, and Fly Racing. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, but with us on the line, we've got Cycle Trader Rock River Yamaha. Cycle Trader, we've got Cycle, we've got Cycle Trader Rock River Yamaha's Luke Resland. Luke, how's it going? Yo, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up? What's going on, brother? How's it going? Not too bad, not too bad. How's the uh, how's the wing? How's the collarbone? How's the body feeling uh, coming into uh, St. Louis? Uh, everything feels pretty solid. I um, I don't know. The, the wing's been good. You know, it's gonna gonna fly to success this weekend. Absolutely, fly for success. Um, pleasure to have you back on the show. Um, I, I I didn't pay uh, as maybe I didn't pay as close as close attention as I should have this last weekend because uh, I can't say for sure whether or not you were in the uh, the retro uh, fly gear. But were you uh, sporting the pink, yellow, and every other color in the rainbow? No, I wasn't. I wasn't in the retro fly stuff. We did a we did a retro bike, but I was just in the standard fly gear with it. Fair enough. Well, still, still some pretty sick looking gear, but uh, uh, the the yellow Yamaha is something that uh, few riders get an opportunity to uh, to don that color. Uh, like, uh, was it was it different at all going out for practice and seeing the yellow fender? And uh, did you practice with that in the uh, during the week at all just to get used to it? Uh, well, you know, my dad has has his nineteen seventy seven YV eighty, actually his first bike ever, and. Um, the thing runs like a champ, so I did some laps on that thing and um, practiced up before the race, so I, I got used to the yellow thunder. That's an inc- incredible uh, tactic on your part. Uh, surprised to uh, see that uh, you'd be able to get uh, Supercross suspension on uh, on a vintage bike quite like that. Uh, you know, I didn't even need to put Supercross suspension on it. They built things so much differently and so much so much more sturdy back in the 70s. You know, you really couldn't break that thing if you wanted to. So I felt comfortable with the stock setup from 77, and uh, it really seemed to help me prepare well for Indy. No doubt. Is that a, uh, a, a steel tank on the uh, on, on the 77, whole nine yards? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Fair enough. So, um, like, did you do you feel like you were able to uh, because you were on a uh, an authentic yellow Yamaha um, that helped you like hone your inner uh, vintage rider and uh, in your your retro chi uh, rolled into this uh, in, into Indianapolis and uh, basically optimizing that uh, and harnessing that color of yellow. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've I've always been interested in in the old vintage racing and. Um, Danny Magoo Chandler has to be one of my top three favorite riders ever. So, um, you know, a part, a part of me lives back in the 70s and 80s. So um, I was excited to get a chance to run the yellow Yamaha. You know, obviously, like I said, it's my dad's first bike with the yellow Yamaha. So, um, you know, carry a little bit of that with it. And um, it's always cool to, to bring back the classic heritage. No doubt, man. Uh, couldn't agree more. Myself, honestly, the first guy my dad ever told me about uh, when I was a kid was uh, Danny Magoo Chandler, um, and uh, just yeah, just looked like uh, definitely born in the wrong decade. Um, because uh, not that I think that my speed would have allowed me to get to, to the pro level at in, in, in any era whatsoever at all in any circumstance, uh, but um, just like the, the 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 gear, the like. There's a reason why we keep trying to throw it back to that time because uh, it almost was like uh, we're playing homage to what we would consider almost a, 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 a better time in uh, fashion and, and some really cool style. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. You know, um, they did they definitely did everything a little bit different back in that era. And, um, you know, there's a reason, like you said, we're going back to retro once a year. And, um, you know, there's a reason that ACDC and all sorts of bands like that are still playing on the radio. You know, really that, that era is kind of like a timeless spot and uh, everyone wants to kind of travel, travel back to that time at one point or another in their life. So it's, uh, it's cool to be able to bring that back. Um, we did a white Yamaha last year and um, we ran a yellow Yamaha at Unidale last year. So it's cool that the team is involved with, you know, throwing the classic colors out there and uh, it's awesome to be able to uh, represent that. Big fan of the white, especially because uh, in Canada, Yamahas were uh, were white and red for quite some time, and uh, almost uh, iconic that way. Um, but um, as far as the, the retro weekend goes, I don't know what, where you stand on this, but I would really like to see uh, that if they're going to do a retro weekend, they make it compulsory for all, all teams to participate, have some uh, tapioca orange KTMs. And and some uh, like like the whole the whole gamut like the uh, the Kawasaki guys being whether uh, uh, they throw it all the way back to the seventies with uh, the gold rims that the the had the, the the factory team had and stuff like that I, I know that's a, a lot more uh, resources towards it but um, I think that if if, the, if everybody's doing it it's even that uh, much uh, more uh, more special yeah I, I don't I really don't know why teams wouldn't be interested in and throwing their bikes back, you know, it's just, uh, it's so classic. And I feel like a lot of the, a lot of the people under the tent behind the scenes on each team, you know, grew up in that era. So I wouldn't know why they wouldn't want to participate, but it's definitely a little bit mixed match on the track. You know, you have certain teams that are all about it and certain teams that don't participate at all. So, um, you know, to the average fan, you know, they, they might be wondering, you know, why some Yamahas are blue and some are yellow. But, um, you know, I think it's really cool. My team seems to participate in any kind of theme race like that. And um, it's awesome that Roost MX is 
you know, one of the main sponsors of the team because they have the resources to uh, produce any any style graphic that you want each weekend. So um, it's cool to be able to run it and uh, definitely definitely help more people start to join in as the years go by. No doubt. Well, uh, it is um, it kind of brings up uh, to mind my question of uh, like we all we all look up look up to these riders, uh, and I guess uh, you were in on like sixty fives and eighties at a little bit later time than I was. Um, but uh, is there any anyone's uh, pro setup uh, when you were during the in the amateurs that you kind of tried to emulate? You tried to copy their style. Like uh, I know myself, you've seen my uh, my. Uh, Chevy trucks, uh, Kawasaki's. That's uh, kind of the uh, right in the wheelhouse of when I was on '80s, and uh, why my bikes still look like that today. Is there any uh, uh, styles from a bygone era that uh, you tried to uh, replicate in your own setup? Um, no, we never, we never really tried to replicate any of any of the pro bikes or anything like that when we were growing up. But um, when I was younger, I was always a fan of the the team Honda bikes. You know the Larocco and Mikel Pichon were some of my favorite riders growing up. I don't know. I just, I just liked the look of the, the red Hondas and they had the big Honda wing on their gear. And that was always just, um, the style that I kind of gravitated towards. So, um, that's really, that's really the, the main team that I really remember just liking the look of what they had going on. Couldn't agree more. So uh, w- when it came to this weekend, you were coming off of uh, a uh, an injury. Uh, we were, we were, it was a recovery time. It was a quick recovery time. I believe uh, collarbone, correct? Yeah, it was a, it was a left collarbone. So, uh, but that of course happened only days after our last conversation. Um, and I, I assume that you're not a, a superstitious guy because. Uh, um, like yeah, you have a first conversation with me. You get injured. Like uh, no one would fault you for uh, for dodging me a little bit, or is that why you dodged me uh, last week? Yeah, I, I've been trying to stay away from you as long as I can, but um, you know, you just keep seeming to come come back in my life. So I had to give in this time, you know. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, you know I do. And uh, always a good conversation and uh, a guy who uh, is one of the be- better interviews in the sport, and that's why I like to have you on. Um, what was the preparation like getting back to um, getting back to race form? Obviously, uh, you wouldn't lose a whole lot, but uh, you get a little rusty uh, having some time off the bike. And uh, after uh, a, few, a few days of uh, Benny Bloss riding your bike, um, how many uh, levels of, of bars did you have to come down to uh, to get your bike back set up for uh, for someone of your height? <laughs> well, well, definitely the bike setup was a little bit different. We had to we had to knock those bars down another Ten good feet. four to six inches, you know. So um, that dude is huge. But um, the recovery was it was kind of tough, honestly. Um, I broke the collarbone in Atlanta in the main event and. Didn't end up getting into surgery until the previous Friday. So, um, the Friday before Daytona it was. So, um, I ended up going in for surgery on that day and, um, I was supposed to have the stitches removed. I think it was like 10 days later. So, um, wasn't able to do anything for 10 days. Um, no sweating, you know, no kind of moisture on the, the incision at all just because there's such a risk of getting it infected if you have any moisture so right um 
<clears throat> 10 days of pure couch sitting, watching Family Feud, um, you know, watching YouTube videos, and that's basically all I did. So um, after 10 days, went back, got the stitches removed, and they noticed that there was still, like, a, a little bit of a pinhole in my incision. So um, <clears throat> basically I was put on the on the waiting table again after that. So after the 10 days, I think I did another week another seven to ten days i couldn't do anything until that hole closed up so um i was really getting rusty each day you know i could feel myself day by day itching more and more wanted to ride at least ride a bicycle get in the gym do anything so um it was a good three weeks where i really didn't do anything except sit on the couch and wait for my uh wait for my scar to heal and be able to get back out on the bike so um i was i was completely inactive for a good three weeks and then did about 10 days of um, outdoor riding on my sand track here in Florida. And then um, I got the chance to ride three days on the supercar track before Indy. There you go. Now, I understand that uh, you, you texted me and you told me that you would listen to every single uh, podcast that I had ever done uh, from the very beginning to uh, two years ago to now. Uh, it, it takes about, I would take about 10 days of nonstop listening and uh, um, you just couldn't couldn't say enough good things and uh, it was honestly, I had to almost, uh, uh, I, w- I was flush in the face with the, some of the uh, very, very, uh, the nice things that you had to say. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, man, they were they were all good, but definitely the one you did with me before Atlanta was by far my favorite for sure. I couldn't agree more. It was it was a good podcast. Uh, in fact, it was so it was so nice. We had to do it twice. Yeah, yeah, we did it twice. Just you know, the first one was kind of a warm up, kind of a rehearsal per se, and and then we just went in the second day and just absolutely ripped the head off of that interview. Just yes, sir. completely murdered it. So, uh, how do you approach this weekend coming up to to rip the head off of St. Louis and uh, basically, uh, in a, in a lot of ways, um, li- live up to the, to the potential that you know you have uh, moving in and, and feeling that you have the, uh, the 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 confidence and the speed on uh, on the track that you have at home? Um, how do you bring that to race day? Uh, it's tough for sure. Um... You know, I'm just happy that I was able to get in and out of Indy safe. Um, it was definitely um, probably the hardest track I could have possibly come back at. So the track was super soft and technical. And um, putting down a ninth there was okay in my book. But, you know, it's definitely I definitely want to set that as, as the lowest standard, you know, possible. So, um Really, you know, last week my, my practice times were great. I ended up qualifying sixth, and um, practice is usually my weak point. So I felt really good about that, having intensity right off the bat on the track and um, getting comfortable right away. So um, nothing with my speed really needs work. I just need to get off the line in, the, in both the heat race and the main. Um, my starts really held me back from my true potential. And um, you know, working through a pack of guys on that, type of rutted nasty course was definitely not the pristine condition so um you know i just got to focus on the starts and i know uh, if i put myself in a good position my speed is exactly where i needed to be to to be a top five guy so um you know really looking forward to it st louis was my best race last year the best race in my uh my career so 
um, looking forward to, you know, going back there and feeling the good vibes and putting it in the top five. Right on. I can't imagine you that you didn't uh, go away for uh, leave Indianapolis, uh, looking at the podium and, and thinking that uh, it is extremely likely that uh, uh, if if things had kind of uh, unraveled a little bit differently uh, at, from the uh, from Atlanta to now, that uh, you, you would have uh, been standing among those guys because uh, definitely uh, a few uh, like. I, you're right on pace with those guys. In fact, uh, I know uh, one of the guys that's standing in the middle at the top of the podium is a guy that uh, you're friends with and uh, that I, I no doubt that uh, on a practice day, the two of you have uh, been rather close in terms of uh, lap times. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's, uh, it's always good. You know, it's not great to be, you know, sitting in ninth place kind of looking from the outside in, but... Um, looking at the podium and, you know, of course, me and Aaron have had great battles and, um, you know, I, I know that if the night goes my way, I could be up there. So, um, you know, Aaron wrote a great, great race, all three guys on the podium and, and, uh, everyone in front of me for that matter wrote a really great race. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I just need to put myself in a better position up the start. And, um, with that, I'm confident that, and, you know, my, my speed will put me exactly where I belong. Totally agree. Uh, now we've had uh, five winners so far this this series. It's a bit of a surprise to uh, to see uh, some some inconsistency in uh, in guys that have been able to uh, find their way to the top step of the podium. Um, I know, like you want to be modest with your own goals, but uh, what needs to happen for there to be a a, a sixth uh, motor uh, moto uh, main event winner? Uh, uh, that sixth being yourself. Uh, I just. You know, for me to be able to stand at the top step, um, it's definitely going to take a good night for sure. Um, there's there's some serious competition, and the five different winners shows that there's a lot of guys that that can run that pace up there. So um, <clears throat> it would really take being really comfortable on the track, uh, getting off to a whole shot or at least a top three start, and putting down 15 of the most intense laps I've ever thrown down and, uh, just really just putting it together. Um, you know, there's definitely potential there to, uh, to be on that top step, but, um, it would, it would definitely take a, a perfect race, you know, to be there. No doubt. Now, so, um, I, you live down in, in Florida. You've got uh, a beautiful, uh, some beautiful tracks at your disposal. Uh, and uh, in, in one of the interviews, you'd mentioned that nothing's better than heading out and uh, and clicking off on one of the biggest jumps out there, and just turning her upside down. Is that was that part of the uh, recovery process for you whatsoever? Uh, no, actually, I haven't. I haven't ridden my outdoor track here for um, for quite a while. I think since before Unadilla national of last year so sometime in july of last year is the last time i rode my outdoor track um we have a separate sand track which uh takes the rain a lot better and and with the rain that we were getting down here while i was injured um that's a track i came back on and rode for for a week or two so um definitely missing the big track and another couple weeks we'll be preparing for outdoors even more and, and that's when i'll get out there full time so um 
This is your second, I guess, what actually, this is actually your third full year with the uh, Cycle Trader Rock River Yamaha team. I know that they uh, were helped you out in amateurs, I believe. Um, but uh, second year as a professional, uh, how, how, in your, uh, from your perspective, uh, how are things working out as far as uh, your, how happy you are with uh, how the team is uh, putting together, that your preparation, how much they support you on race day? And uh, in a lot of ways, from our conversation that we've had, uh, you mentioned that it, it's just straight up can't ask for more. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've, uh, I have no complaints at all with the team. You know, um, the team, the team is growing each year. Obviously you can see it with the results. The results get better each year. Um, we're getting supplied with better equipment every year and really just the team morale is, has been stepping up. You know, every time I go to the track, I tell that everybody's evolving with the good results and, everybody knows that we belong, you know, up towards the front of the pack now. So, um, since I started with the team after Loretta's in, uh, 2014, I could definitely, you know, see more enthusiasm in everybody and, and everybody's working towards the same goal of being at the front of the pack. And, um, you know, really every, everybody's just becoming more confident and, and with that, that instills more confident in the riders. So, uh, what what maximizes your confidence on race day, and uh, and and how how do you how do you honestly I don't know how you guys dial in a track in uh, in one day honestly you guys like unless you ride press you're not going to get an opportunity to really uh, to to really hone this track in and the amount of time that you have on it is uh, rather uh, almost ridiculous in terms of you guys are expected to be like pinpoint accurate um, but um, more importantly what what really um, allows you to be uh, most confident and most successful in race day? Uh, yeah, you know, like you said, we're down on the track, and it, it's always tough, but with experience, you know, comes more more knowledge and more uh, confidence, really. You have to go out there and track walk and just be able to scope something out and be able to tell if it's possible or not. So um, <clears throat> I've definitely been able to tell that this year, after I've been doing a lot more tracks over the winter and everything, um, I can look at something and just, you know, in the snap of a finger, know that, you know, that triple is possible or, or not. So, um, and then you just got to pull the trigger on like lap two and practice and then you're, you're dialed for the day. But, um, <laughs> that's all, <laughs> but, um, you know, as far as confidence goes, um, there's a lot of things that could, you know, get in your head, but really it's all about just, you know, knowing your true potential honestly you know i've never been one to listen to music on race day or anything like that um we just study film in between practice you know see what i'm doing compared to the other guys um know exactly what needs to be done and then uh just get in my head that that um you know basically just tell myself when i'm ready to go for the night show and and that's all it takes once i line up on the gate everything uh everything comes with instinct at that point hey everybody this is Jimmy Button, former factory Supercross rider. You're listening to the Big MX Radio Show. We're going to take it to a commercial, and we'll be right back. When it's time to turn heads, Spokeskins has you covered. Whether it's dirt bikes, street bikes, or bicycles, nobody does it better than Spokeskins. Mix and match your spokes, or go with the same color all the way around. Either way. Spokeskins is the way to go to customize the look of your bike. Uniting off-road riders on every end of the budget spectrum, Spokeskins is aimed at giving you the custom look 
without the custom price tag. If you're looking to set your bike apart from the rest of the herd, turn some heads, and be able to change your bike's look on the fly, head to spokeskins.net. They don't just have spokeskins on their website, they've got more. New products are being added all the time, like the Motul Slacker Digital Sag Scale, and just recently, Galfer Off-Road Series Rear Brake Lines, Oversized Rotor Kit, and Front Brake Lines as well. So do what I did. Head to spokeskins.net today, place your order, and get set up to turn some heads out there. Spokeskins, we've got you covered. If there's one item to be picky about, it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short, and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You too can wear the exact same helmet I wear, Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Albertson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable sweat-absorbing liner and generous eye port design to accommodate any goggle choice are just a few. And did I mention how super trick these helmets look? Straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey kids, start out every morning with a fat ball. In motocross, everyone wants one common thing. To simply enjoy the ride. Sand, clay, loam, concrete, and everything in between. Riders all want to be able to enjoy their ride. But today is arena cross. Tomorrow is Glen Helen. And Saturday, we're heading to this gnarly sand track. How can we be sure our suspension is always dialed in? For most, employing a full-time practice technician is unrealistic. And even for those who have one, setting suspension is still a chore. Get a measuring tape, scratch a mark on the fender or rear number plate, and attempt some backward math to find 105 millimeters. Does this tape even have millimeters on it? Forget that. Head to Motul. Dot co today and set your sag every time you ride with the Slacker Digital Sag Scale. Let's hear from Johnny Casebeer himself and how this thing works. So uh, really basically you would just uh, stick it on your axle with the magnet, stick the clip on your side plate basically where the arc of the axle would hit the side plate and then uh, pull out the retractable cable, hook it to the clip, and turn it on, and then just take the bike off the stand and, and take a measurement. It's that easy. Trust tuning your suspension to Johnny Casebeer and Motul MX. So, what do you think of Rich Taylor? Lighter than air and stronger than steel. So what that means 
2014 X Brand Goggles is back and better than ever. From the Scatter X, Volcano, and Phantom Goggle, X Brand has the product to make you stand out on race day. The quality of X Brand products is second to none. Great lenses, incredible frame, and a strap that doesn't wear out. Great tear offs, zip off systems, nose guard, and more. Check out eksbrand.com for all of the accessories and pricing. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys who are building wheels for Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. What's up, guys? It's time to talk a little bit about Roy Borden Race. He's the performance specialist suspension, making a motor work, balancing a bike, or just maintenance. He's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Borden has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal. Whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full, full-blown rebuild on your forks or, or shock, call up Roy Borden today at 204-633-2722. Hey guys, Bill's Pipes is back, and that means the return of legendary performance. Two strokes, check. Four strokes, check. Since 1974, they've been tuning power at its finest for motocross racers, off-road racers, you name it. For you two-stroke lovers, the MX2 Bill's Pipe exhaust system is flat out the right choice to make. Nickel, works, and the brand new cone look is the right system for the job. When it comes to four strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE13 to decimate the field anywhere, anytime. So if you want the same pipe used by Billy Leninovich, Sean Collier, Vicky Golden, and the entire Barn Pros Home Depot Yamaha team, head over to Bill'sPipes.com today and never settle. Hey, this is Alex Ray. I don't know if, why you're listening to Brad's podcast, but I'll be back on soon. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show. Hey, guys, this is Kate Clayson, and not only do I blow uh, Alex Ray's doors off in the track, but I do it at K1 speed, too. Well, there you go. Um, you, you mentioned that uh, um, 
for you to be successful, you just need to have, have confidence in the bike, confidence on, 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 in the track. Uh, what type of ox- obstacles do you look for on the track that's something going to kind of be your bread and butter, something that you know that uh, either it's going to be a passing opportunity or something that uh, just kind of plays into your, uh, your skill set? Uh, it's tough to say with a supercross track. Really, there's um, there's not many different obstacles from track to track. Really, um, you know, sometimes we get a bigger whoop section than others. Um, you know, there's a couple guys that specialize in that. I wouldn't say I'm really great or bad at whoops. You know, it's not really necessarily. You know, I don't look at a whoop section and, and just start licking my lips. No, and then I'll be you know just slaying people in, in that section. But um, Really, I like the tacky dirt. Um, you know, Indy was definitely softer than than pristine, but, you know, something more like Indy that roughs up a little bit gets a little bit more technical. Um, I've always been the kind of rider that rides a little bit smoother, rides with my head, and um, just like a smoother, harder track track is a little bit easier for the rest of the guys to hang it out, and um, and that's not really what I'm all about. So, uh, like, I know they, they don't do this uh, for, for Supercross yet. I feel like they should. But if they did allow uh, some, either, like, the top three in points or uh, uh, some 250 guys to go up for opening ceremonies, uh, what uh, what music, music would you choose? Uh, you mentioned that you're not a huge music guy, but uh, you mentioned ACDC earlier. Um, well, I would definitely come out to the song song by Cisco. Yes. And... I would be shooting songs out of a potato gun into the crowd. Um, With your face the ladies on the front. Would be, the, yeah, the ladies would be throwing songs back at me. Um, it would Exchanging absolutely thoughts. light the stadium up. And that would really get you pumped up for, for having a good race. Oh, there's nothing better than getting the crowd going. And I know that the song song would be exactly what you need for the crowd to get amped up. You know, everybody comes out to you know, the same old song every weekend. Like, when I'm doing, like, a road trip or something like that, I just kind of think about, you know, what my opening ceremony would be like, and I'd dial it in that the song song would be would be such a hit that I wouldn't be able to refuse. Maybe uh, maybe even a little bit of uh, Informer by Snow? Oh, I, I don't even know what that is. I will have to send you a link to that song. It's Canadian uh, yeah, rap could, artist from the sing, 90s. You could sing it. You can sing a bit of it if you want. Uh, honestly, like when you listen to it, it'd be really. Uh, uh, um, no, I, I I I know very few of the lyrics, but it's it's a rap song by a very uh, very white uh, Canadian guy who tries to sound uh, uh, Jamaican. So it, it's um, oh great! It, it's 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 way too fun. But um, but yeah, no. Uh, for those who who aren't familiar with the song thong song, I will go on to uh, YouTube after this and uh, and grab uh, some audio from uh, the thong song to uh, to play us out at the end of this. Yeah, please do let that thing run for like a good minute or two. Oh yeah, no, we'll go from beginning to end because um, that that's just I, I imagine that if you did do opening ceremonies, like they just let that sucker go for the whole runtime of that song. I think it's about uh, oh, yeah. three minutes. Oh yeah. She's got dumps like a truck, truck, yeah. truck. You guys like what? 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 Baby, move your butt, butt, butt. I think I'm singing again. I think that's exactly how it goes. I, I believe uh, you, you, you might have been uh, listening to that um, on like, uh, the, yeah, it cranked to eleven in the headphones this weekend, probably. 
Yeah, yeah, that's my that's my main motivation song. Uh, it really really gives me focus to uh, to think about what's what matters in this life, and that's thongs. Thongs and uh, and, and those who uh, sport them on a regular basis, like uh, yeah, exactly. like Zach Commons for for instance, or uh, uh, Aaron Plessinger, huge huge uh, fan of, of wearing thongs. Oh, absolutely. Um, so moving into into this weekend. Uh, what what's uh, what are your expectations? What uh, what what needs to happen for you to walk away from uh, from from St. Louis and say that uh, I had a good ride here? Uh, honestly, nothing would make me happier than than cranking out a whole shot. Um, that's really my main focus of the weekend. You know, I would I would be more satisfied with going from a whole shot to a sixth place rather than clawing my way back up from 16th to a sixth place at this point. You know, um, I just, I just need to get out there with the front guys. You know, when you get out there, you're able to latch onto their speed, learn what they're doing and, um, you know, improve as a rider. So, uh, nothing would make me happier than coming out in front of the pack and, um, uh, being able to lead a couple laps would be great. Couldn't agree more. I think uh, getting up there, feeling the pace of the leaders, and honestly, by the way that the, the races have been going lately with uh, some of the, the top contenders struggling with consistency, uh, if you were to be up front early, um, easy to think that uh, you wouldn't even slide as far back as sixth uh, with, uh, with with just, just about every single weekend. You've got one of those guys who's won a moto either uh, putting it out completely or, uh, yeah, just not, not making it to the checkers uh, in one piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I definitely wouldn't expect to to float back to six if I were to come out in a lead. But you know, I was just using that as you know. Yeah. For instance, I just you know nothing would make me more happy than than a whole shot, and um, and and that would really make the weekend for me as a whole. I don't I don't even care what the result is. If I come out in the front, that means we're making huge improvements exactly where the improvements need to be made. That that's good to hear. So, uh, what like how, how often do you work on starts? And when you're working on starts, what are you working on? Uh, is it uh, trying to get a feel? Is it trying to uh, to get less spin? Like, what exactly? Uh, when you guys are practicing starts, what are you working on uh, specifically towards uh, your technique? Uh, you know, you always want to have the right technique. Um, you want to be able to look at certain dirt and know know how it's going to hook up because you know, and supercross. With like the heat race, you don't have a chance to to do a test start on a site lap or anything like that. So you want to get comfortable with all all types of dirt. And um, starts are really all about the reaction time and the traction you're getting. You know, if you're spinning, it's uh, it's not going to be any good. And if you're late off the gate, that's that's not going to be any good either. So um, you know, we do different things. We we do starts without the gate just to focus on pure technique. We'll do starts with the gate to focus on reaction time. Um, we have a couple different gates set up here here in Florida, so uh, we have a couple different types of dirt. And uh, really just trying to cover all bases and, and uh, bring it into the race. You know, I I start like Ryan Dungey here at home. Um, it's just I just got to bring it to the stadium on Saturday. What, what exactly are you bringing? Uh, bringing Ryan Dundee starts. Oh, okay. You're, you're going to bring his starts for him. Is he going to bring yours? Um, 
yeah, he'll he'll bring my starts because I'm gonna become a whole shot master, and everybody will be using me as an example of what a good start looks like, not Michael Leffy. Fair enough. Well, he uh, Michael Leffy definitely uh, uh, good at um, demonstrating uh, great starts and uh, that all all too impressive fade. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll flip the interview around. How about I question you? Perfect. Go. All right. Uh, what's your favorite color? Uh, green. Okay, what's your favorite track? Grunthal. What kind of cheese do you like on a turkey sandwich? Uh, I would go with a Havarti. What is your favorite freestyle motocross trick? Uh, Superman Indian Air. And what did you eat for dinner tonight? Uh, tonight I had um, chicken, ground chicken, um, on the on the or ground chicken burgers on a on the on the on the barbecue with uh, with hot sauce. Beautiful. That's about all I got right now. I was just trying to trying to rapid fire a couple off there. Keep Fair doing enough. shows. Let, 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 let's let's uh, try some rapid fire on your side. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, if you had like um, fa- favorite uh, favorite colorway of fly gear. Um. Uh, the stuff I wore in Indy, the red, white, and blue. Red, white, and blue. The uh, the limited edition light hydrogen uh, red, white, and blue gear. Nailed it. Who uh, who who paints your uh, your helmet, and uh, what did they paint on it? Uh, Shade the gray is painting them this year, and we have a sweet um, meta lid representing the meta magazine. Everybody, check it out when they get a chance. Uh, beautiful magazine um you'll just absolutely you'll just drool over it when you open it up and smell the fresh print it actually though that that is funny because the the meta books do actually smell amazing uh that's one of the things that uh <laughs> uh andrew campo mentioned when i did an uh, interview with him is that uh, that's one of the things that they get more than anything is that they smell great uh who is the uh the featured uh featured person in uh in moto in in meta 005 the one that just came out now available in, at barnes and noble um Terry hart Carrie Hart. Good. Uh, who who is on the first cover of Meta? Um. Ooh. Who was it? Jason Anderson? No, Her- Hurlings. Was it Hurlings? Yeah, it's Hurlings. Uh, that's when uh, Wes Williams uh, did a uh, a feature on like the the featured video back. Uh, I think. Oh uh, man, which one, which one was Anderson on? He was on one of them, right? Uh, he's the second one. That was when they like uh, uh, a bunch of different faces and stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you were close. Um. What uh, what band does uh, Chad Reed normally come out to in opening ceremonies, but now he's now changed? Uh, he's ACDC. ACDC's uh, Thunderstruck. Um, if you if you could see any '90s uh, grunge band that is no longer touring, who would you see? Uh, the Offspring is my all time favorite band ever, so I, I'd have to go with the Offspring. I don't know if they're still touring or not, but I don't think so. Either way, got to keep it separated. Um, yeah. Favorite hockey team and why? Um, I know absolutely nothing about hockey. Um, Your state has two teams, though. Uh, Wayne Gretzky was a hockey guy, right? Yes. I've heard about his. I've heard his name before. So I want to say whatever team he played for. 
Uh, he played for a, a couple of different teams, but we'll go with the uh, the Edmonton Oilers uh, with with uh, I believe four Stanley Cups, five Stanley, four Stanley Cups. Uh, he has four Stanley Cups with the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, favorite uh, favorite football team? Um, again, I don't watch football. I don't watch any sports, but uh, shit, I don't know. Favorite uh, exercise, least favorite exercise when you are training. Oh, least favorite exercise. Wow, there's a lot of those. Um, man, man, oh man, what should it be? Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I can't really decide. I can't really decide right now. Fair enough. If you um. If you had to pick one permanent number that isn't already taken by uh, by one guy, who, who what number would you choose? Uh, I guess I'd go with forty three, just because that's the number I grew up with. Um, you know, I would I would definitely take a single digit number if I was able to get it, but that's going to take a national championship and yes. uh, a lot of hard work and dedication before I get that. So we'll go forty three right now. Forty three for now, keeping our eyes on number eight currently not being used from my knowledge. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Uh, favorite rider growing up, who you looked up to as far as uh, riding style? Um Well, I was kinda like in that era when Ricky was dominating and uh my dad was always all about Ricky, so <laughs> um Ricky was uh he was probably my first choice. Um, riding style and Kevin Windham always had a cool style. Um, who else has a cool style? I just like, like the silky smooth guys that can just do some crazy stuff with looking like they're not even trying. Like a, like a Cole Sealy nowadays has that kind of greasy effortless style that I like. If you could change anything about the Supercross broadcast, which I'm sure you were, you uh, you watched a few while uh, a the series was out uh, out west and uh, while you're on the mend, what would you change about the broadcast? I'd probably if if I was kind of like when I was watching it when I was hurt, I would like to be the commentator. Honestly, I would just I would I would give it all up to be a commentator i think it would be awesome to be able to hold hold a mic and say some cool stuff during the interview you know ralph and jeff they keep it simple you know they they say the stuff that that the tv wants to hear but i think they need somebody else in the booth to to mix it up a little bit and say say some stuff that you have to like question like what what did he just say yeah, just just throw out some uh, some real uh, melon scratchers out there, and uh, yeah, honestly, uh, just if if I was to do anything about the Supercross broadcast or change it in any way, I would just increase the uh, overall knowledge of the field because uh, when like I think this this example has been given a hundred times on on different shows um, when the third string linebacker goes in for uh, a stick and ball sport the color commentator knows where that guy went to school he knows uh like what college he went to what like uh, what are his strengths what are his weaknesses and they for sure know how to pronounce their name but when the lcqs drop it's crickets yeah yeah that's true there's definitely uh there's definitely a lot of attention paid to the top guys and even i'm sure that you know, Jeff and Ralph couldn't really tell you where where certain guys went to school or if they went to school at all. Yeah. So um, that that's definitely a good point. 
you know, definitely just expand the commentator's knowledge of, of the riders. That, that's that, that's my only my only uh, my only wish for Christmas is that uh, when when the LCQs drop that it's it's not very obvious that my announcers are reading off uh, like I know like when you guys sign up for Supercross you have like three sponsors that are listed uh, next to your your sign in and like that's who gets that's who gets mentioned there's like they're on the Cycle River Cycle, Cycle Trader Rock River Yamaha and then like one other one next to it and then like that's that's it. Like, it's like that to me. Um, like, like they'd, they'd at least be able to, like, like, to, like where these kids are from. Like, say it's a home race. Like, uh, that. That's I've never heard them ever mention that. And uh, the likeliness that it's never been the the home race of someone they're talking to uh, is is very unlikely. And uh, that to me is uh, just something like it just adds to your broadcast. It adds to the like it, it in- intrigues people, makes them want to listen, uh, and. Um, yeah, you know what I mean. I just uh, I think it'd be really cool if they did something like that. Yeah, it definitely brings a little bit more depth to uh, what they're talking about and who they're talking about. You know, it it would give the fans something else to be interested in rather than just you know what place each person comes in. So um, yeah, it's definitely a good point. That was definitely a lot deeper than than my change, which was me, throwing me in the booth. So um, kudos, kudos on thinking outside the box there. Appreciate it. Uh, you'd mentioned that you're not a, really a stick and ball sports guy, guy, but uh, so you, when you're on the on the the couch for three weeks, what does uh, Luke Reslin fill his time with? You'd mentioned Family Feud, but I doubt that's the case. Uh, what are some of your favorite, uh, like either YouTube videos or some of your favorite uh, ways to occupy your time when uh, when you you can't get a good sweat on? Um. Well, YouTube videos. Number one would be Quad Tarted. Ever seen it? No, I have not. I have not seen that yet. You have to look it up, like almost instantly. Quad Tarted is the best video on YouTube, and okay. nobody knows about it. But when you turn that thing on, you are just going to piss your pants out of excitement. I I, I will, I'll do so uh, on my phone in the in the shower just in case. <laughs> but um. Honestly, TV is always set on the Game Show Network. Like, you don't think I was honest about that. But Family Feud is like a daily thing. We'll watch like eight episodes in a row at night after dinner before we go to bed. So, um, what about Family Supermarket Feud Sweep? Huge. What's that? What about Supermarket Sweep? Uh, Game Show I don't from even the know 90s. Oh yeah, game show from the '90s. From those, those like older people would definitely know that one. You know what? You know, actually underrated. There's, I, I got, I gotta send you a link to some of these. Uh, apparently, uh, Josh Hansen and uh, Jason Lawrence used to absolutely lose their minds watch, uh, laughing, uh, watching uh, Canadian nationals back in the day because there are there is some ridiculous battles and the the announcers are uh, absolutely priceless. I gotta send you a link to some of those. That's funny because even I saw Jimmy D posted a clip of their broadcast from one of the nationals last year, and the announcer is absolutely losing his mind and like nothing's happening. Absolutely cracking up at it. Yeah, no, and the best part is those guys have been doing it for the last like twenty years. So like like fifteen years ago on two strokes, even more ridiculousness, and because they're younger, they're even more like, oh my god, he's passing him for twenty seventh place here in the late stages of the four fifty. Like it's it, yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. I'll have to check some of those out. 
Absolutely. Um, so mo- moving in, like as we move into outdoors, when do you start to put some laps on that epic outdoor track of yours, uh, which was featured, of course, in the uh, I believe it was Moto Six, the movie. Yep, Moto Six. Yeah, um, that's that. I love. First of all, love the segment, love the track, and that the. I did you get to pick the song for that one? Because I like that one. No, I actually I had nothing to do with the song or the way it was put together at all, but. Um, when we went, went to watch it at the premiere in Atlanta, it was awesome. We were, we were absolutely blown away by how those guys put it together. Um, that took like three, three hard days of filming. Like me and Aaron were absolutely just absolutely exhausted by the end of the three days. So much work for those guys to compact all that stuff into five or six minutes is absolutely insane. And, uh, it, it just comes out so good, you know. There's a reason why they're working on their eighth movie right now, and um, they just they just put out some of the best footage in the game. Period. No doubt, and uh, not to mention the two of you guys uh, not only looked like you were having fun, but uh, you and Aaron were hauling ass the entire time. Yeah, yeah, that that was probably the reason why we were so exhausted. Like, you know, it, it's hard to tell exactly where the camera's pointing and. And, uh, you know, if they're filming in slow-mo or not. So, like, two young guys out on the track, um, we were we were giving it all the whole time. So, um, a lot of riding went into that. And uh, it, it was cool to see it pay off with, with such a cool movie. And um, just the opportunity to be in that movie was awesome. So, um, definitely a cool experience. But back to the original question with getting, getting on the outdoor track again. Um, We'll be back on it in another couple of weeks here. Um, I think I have four more rounds of Supercross left, and then we have one weekend off and hang count starts. So um, I'm going to start putting down a day or two each week on the outdoor track while we're still training for Supercross. And then um, once Vegas is done, we got to have the track absolutely perfectly prepped, ready to go, and, um, and then the grind starts for the rest of the year on that one. So, uh, I, I, it seemed like the, the track was, uh, like really, really dialed in. It was, it was absolutely, it was almost like as smooth as glass. Uh, how rough does that track get? And, uh, how often do you bring it back to, uh, as beautiful as the track looked for the days that were, uh, being filled? Well, you know, first off, you mentioned beautiful. I got to give a shout out to my mechanic, Kelly, and my brother, Kelly. They, they put in a 40 hour work week, each of them just mowing the grass and getting everything trimmed down perfectly for that movie. So Right, because like, when I was looking at that, I'm like, that took some work to get it like that. They're like, There's no way it looks like that every day. Yeah, no, there's, there's a... They, they stay on it, no doubt. They stay on it. Um, <clears throat> you know, my brother's on the weed whacker every single day from, you know, when the grass starts growing in February through December. So, um they stay on it every day, but that one, everybody put, you know, an extra, some extra elbow grease into it to make it look good for that movie. So, um, it's cool when people mention that they notice how good the property looks because, you know, we don't have people here that are here only to, you know, work on the grass and everything. You know, we all do it ourselves. So, um, <clears throat> it's cool. And we, we try to take pride in how good the place looks. So that, that was, that was a nice little compliment you gave there. 
I appreciate it, my friend. Uh, so, like, uh, before I let you go, how much uh, work do you actually get to work on your own bikes? And uh, what is something that you'd be completely lost at if you had to do it? Uh, I work on my bikes absolutely zero, honestly. Um, my mechanic is full-time, and he's been with us for three years. And before that, my older brother, Cody, that I was just mentioning, um, he always worked on my bike, so... I honestly don't have much time on the wrenches. Um, I could I could do air the minimum, you know. I could I could do an air filter and oil. Um, if the tire goes flat, I I'll change it, but I'll pinch the tube for sure, and I'll be right back where I started. Could you change a um, moose? No, there's no way I could change a moose. There, I, I I couldn't even figure out a way how to fit that many tire irons in the tire to begin with. Fair mm. enough. They, they use like eight tire irons on those. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, guys, that can just abs- just uh, switch them out quick. Well, um, Luke, um, before well, I'm going to let you go, go, go right away here. Uh, uh, do, do you have some time to still to, to cold call uh, uh, Aaron Plessinger, or should we save that for another time? Um, my phone is on about four percent, but we we can give it a good shot if you want. Uh, it to- totally up to you, my friend. I, you'd need to uh, text me his his number quickly if if uh, unless your phone's about to die. Um, let, let me try. All right, we got we got even worse news here. What's that? Um, well, the backstory to this: my phone absolutely shattered not long ago. Mm-hmm. Had to get a new phone, and Aaron Plessner is not not relisted in my contacts. Son of a bitch. Uh, no big deal. We will call him up another time. Uh, in fact, um, win, lose, or draw, this time next week, we're going to have you back on the show uh, to do a, a 450 review because uh, I'll get you to watch the 450 uh, race and then uh, see if you can get, give me some uh, some analysis on the class that uh, you'll one day step into. Oh, wow. You're, and, you're putting me right in the shoes of being a commentator now, huh? Pretty much, it give you that opportunity uh, right off the cuff, and uh, at the tail end of that, we'll we'll, we'll call up uh, Aaron and uh, tie that one up with a pretty bow. Yeah, sounds good. That uh, sounds like a plan to me. Right on, uh, Luke. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, I like that uh, you always text me back. I like that you said you'd give me 30 minutes and you gave me 48. And uh, I like that uh, you always forget to uh, to change to charge your phone as you're on uh, Ricky Carmichael percent. <laughs> yeah yeah it's been a long day on the phone um got a ride on strava you know got a couple things going on on the phone emails and everything getting ready for this weekend so um she drained down pretty quick and i didn't even realize it until i just looked at my phone right on man well uh wish you all the best of luck this weekend in st louis um you, you'll be looking good out there with that uh meta custom painted lid from shades of gray and of course the fly racing uh uh gear and the rock river bikes always look great uh you have yourself a great rest of your day don't hang up just yet but for podcast sake we'll cut it off right there all right thanks Oh, what's up, man? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm just waiting for this girl to bring my daughter back. They went to the mall or something. Yo, well, Nokia and Jazz is on the Baltimore bus with Reggie Ray. But Wood's going to fly it. Yeah, man, I'm not even thinking about it because we're just sitting here. and I'm just, what, Hold on, bro. 
wondering. Wait a minute. Hold, hold on, dog. What's up? What's this? This thing right here is letting all the ladies know what guys talk about. You know, the finer things in life. <laughs> Check it out. Ooh, that dress so scandalous, and you know I never can handle it. So you're shaking that thing like who's the ish with the look in your eyes so devilish. Uh, you like to dance on the hip hop spots. To the cruise, I connect the dots. Not just urban, she liked the pop. Cause she was living la vida loca. She had dumps like a truck, truck, truck. Thighs like wah, wah, Baby, move your butt, butt, butt. I think I'll sing it again. She had dumps like a truck, truck, truck. Thighs like wah, wah, wah. All night long. Let me see that song. 